0: Welcome back to Wing It Podcast, how to build, maintain, and totally own a career that you love. Every week, I'm sitting down with an expert to help business owners and career women learn something new that will help them achieve success and balance in a career path that makes them happy. Today, I am sat opposite a lady who I share one of my biggest interests with, and that is because I'm sat with Katie Leeson, Managing Director of The Social Chain. If you're listening to this on your phone, make sure you get the best experience by downloading the Entail app. Entel is an interactive podcast platform that combines the best of audio storytelling with the richness of the web. So this means you'll be able to follow links, view images, follow people on social and much more by just tapping your phone. The music for this podcast is epic, I know. It's been provided by The Edit Album, a curation of copyright-free music for creatives our listeners get 25% off with the code sassy25 and i'll leave the link in the description box or if you're listening on entel you'll be able to click the link now
1: hi, hi. thank you for having me you are
0: so welcome thank you for coming here katie's coming all the way down from manchester for this yes we have i'm so honored so
1: katie who are you and what do you do who am I? Ah, uh, yeah, I'm Katie. I'm Managing Director of Social Chain UK, and I have been with the company for, coming up to three years now, and I've been working in marketing and media for, oh my god, I think it's about 15, 16 years. Oh, that makes me feel very old, but a long time. Amazing. Yeah.
0: And how did you start out?
1: How did I um, failed my A-levels.
0: As you do? Mm-hmm. A lot of people do.
1: Found more time enjoying going out and stuff rather than doing my A-level work, which was...
0: That's fair enough.
1: Yeah, Um, so I failed my A-levels, wanted to do journalism but didn't get the grades that I needed to go to do that and went through clearing and found a course called Media and Cultural Studies at Liverpool, John Moores. Decided just to go for it for some unknown reason without any sort of thinking behind it and... Yeah, it kind of went from there. I found out about the whole, this whole world that I never knew existed in terms of media and marketing and um, realised that I had a real passion for advertising. Started out then, after I'd finished my degree, I went onto a graduate scheme with a media buying agency in Manchester and started in trading in press and radio and magazines. I absolutely loved it as well just great
0: amazing yeah oh my god the whole landscape must have just changed so much since then yeah I mean even in the past like five years it's changed but
1: that's like you must have seen such a change a massive amount of change and I think with that as well came a real fear of not keeping up so that's why I kind of every step of my career that I've taken, I've gone into things where I could learn something new because I could see things changing around me. When I was booking press ads, yeah. thinking I'm going to get left behind if I don't take something else on, which is why when I joined social chain, I, it wasn't like I knew nothing about social. <laughs> and I'm quite and happy they to hired admit you, <laughs> and I'm there, and I'm still there, and they've not found me out yet. <laughs> um, but yeah, I didn't really know much about social, but what I did know about building processes and agencies is what led me to get the job Amazing. and now I'm okay at social I know
0: a bit I know, I know a, bit. a thing or two yeah.
1: so what is the social chain and who do you help we are a social media marketing agency so we are five years old started by two university dropouts who went to uni and decided it wasn't for them and they um, hired basically a load of kids in their bedroom who'd built Twitter pages at the time who had a hell of a lot of influence and a load of followers And just built a network of pages so we still own and manage all those pages we've got over 400 different pages across all social channels so it's a bit like a social publisher on one half of the business and then having all that influence meant that we got a lot of brands that came to us for advice because we could make things trend and get things going and get people very excited with our content brands saw that and wanted the same for them So the agency side, which is the side I look after, actually never meant to be a thing. It kind of just came out of the process of having all these pages. And now the latest iteration of the agency is that we've got a full data arm, strategic side. We come up with all the creative and we can make it all in-house as well. So we're like a full service social agency.
0: Amazing. And that's why it's called the social chain. Yes. I was wondering about that. Yes. So today I want to talk about smaller businesses and startups because we want to know where businesses efforts time and money is best spent online obviously um everyone wants to be successful at their own marketing but a lot of people just don't know how to do it and they don't know how to do it properly so the first thing it says on the social chains website is social media's organic reach is clearly in decline can you tell us a bit more about this and what we can do to counteract the decline in organic reach especially as a startup business it's just so difficult these days to build that organic online presence
1: Yeah, it is, and I think Facebook changed the algorithm over a year ago now to make it even harder. They wanted to put um, friends' content over branding content, and the, the impact of that meant that organic reach as it was wasn't as efficient as it used to be, and also brands then had to pay to play. So paid became even more important in the mix. So for us, what we really like to focus on with our organic content is understanding your audience, understanding what people are engaging with to create the best performing content you can. Poor content that people aren't gonna care about isn't gonna create a reaction. Whereas if you create content that's gonna get f- people feeling something and making them either want to laugh or share or just do something with that content, yeah, that's when your organic reach will so it's understanding exactly what your audience are interested in
0: and how do people go about that if they're not really sure what kind of things can they be sharing because i think a lot of the time people panic they panic about content they panic about what they're going to post they panic about the caption and then by the time they've got to the end pressing post they're like no i'm scared i'm not gonna do it i don't know what to do and then they might post it anyway but post the wrong message or the wrong thing or like you know hey look at this product it's 30 pounds but that's not gonna get anyone going.
1: Yeah, I think it's taking a step back from that process and really starting with um, the data and understanding who you're trying to talk to. Looking, spending even um, half a day on looking at what those people are looking at, what brands they follow, who they like, and then you can kind of see what content they're engaging with as well. Um, Look at publishers as well to see what content's performing well on there, what types of content, and then you can create your own little platform yourself it's it it takes a little bit more research than just posting out an ad yeah it does and i also think sometimes people think if i
0: post once a day or I post three times a day or whatever i'm going to do it's just going to suddenly all come to me and actually mm. that's not necessarily the case you do have to put time and effort into it to make things work so i'm really big into IGTV, mm-hmm. and i tell everyone to use it if they can obviously if it's relevant if it's not potentially not um What do you make of IGTV? Have you seen any particularly good examples of how it can be
1: used? So when it first launched, it kind of didn't have the take-up that I think Facebook and Instagram were expecting. Oh, my God, I remember that. Everyone was posting it, but then (laughs) everyone was like, what is this? No. Uh, So it kind of flopped a little bit. But now Instagram are really pushing it, and they're really pushing the fact that everyone should be watching it. So I've not seen many brands take it up yet because of obviously the fear of how it first started. But we know that it's now being prioritized in the feed and they've put it more in front and center as you use the app so it's definitely something that's going to take off Um, and you can get loads and loads of views with pieces of content now using igtv because obviously they are making it a special thing on the platform i think it's also it's nice because it's easy to record
0: stuff for that especially if you're small you're starting out or even if you're not you know you can use your phone that's the format it's meant to be viewed in mm. so it's just super easy and it's not you know you don't need the bells and the whistles yeah or any you don't budget. need the full production company behind it you can yeah you can do it yourself yeah and i think a lot of people these days respect kind of
1: more they feel they feel more towards self-produced content don't they i think it's the same with brands as well it's like being real and standing for something and like living that through what you produce as well. I think what we've found is millennials and Gen Z audiences really they stick to brands where they've got a real message and a purpose and a story behind it. So if you've got a great story behind your brand and then your content matches that story, that it's really authentic and it's been maybe started by one or two people and this is our story and the content's made by us, that means so much more to people. That's the beauty of social, it doesn't have to be super
0: polished. It doesn't, and I think often people think it does, especially on Instagram, where it's meant to be so visually pleasing. But actually, I think a lot of accounts, if you look at Mm. certain accounts, they're not polished at all, Mm. and people still love them. Yeah. So it's not all about the feed. So let's talk
1: about influencer marketing. Do you think it's useful for all businesses? I think you've got to be very careful who you choose so influencer marketing is so useful if you get it right but we know that there are so many influencers out there or so-called influencers out there that are using bots to artificially inflate their followers and engagements and brands can sometimes fall a bit short when they're looking at influencers to use because they just look at those numbers as a vanity metric and then once they start getting results or not getting the results because these people have artificially inflated their following it's just not worth the money, it's such a waste of money it's like if someone's artificially inflated their following by say a hundred people and you're paying a hundred pound a post it's just like you, you're just not getting the return on that and it's it's a waste of money um, we've seen it this week there was a story in the news about a girl who had 2.6 million followers on Instagram signed up with a company a clothing company to co-create some clothing t-shirts she had to sell a minimum of 36 t-shirts in order to fulfill the shipping oh and she didn't sell any she didn't sell the minimum number and it it's like that is just bananas isn't yeah. it someone told me that the other day yeah it's crazy so she's got all this following but she actually doesn't have the influence and i think it's making sure that the one that you get the right numbers and you know your numbers and you know you're not going to get ripped off, but also making sure that the brands match up with the influencer, not just going out there and doing the same as what everyone else yeah. is doing. And ensuring we find great results with using influencers in really authentic ways, so getting them to create the content rather than you prescriptively saying, post in this yeah. way do this pose do that because it all just looks the same as everyone else it then? does
0: and I had an influencer in earlier today and she said that actually as a brand uh well no as an influencer if a brand says to her look we want you to do this this is how you have to do it this is what it needs to be delivered right she's like don't
1: tell me what to do <laughs> I'll do it my way yeah well they've built their audience they know what works for their audience they know what they like they know how they've managed to grow to the size that they have give them the freedom to do the right thing for their content and it'll look so much more natural yes 100% agreed I mean you can just tell when it's hashtag ad can't you because people put on this like it's almost like a phone voice Mm.
0: it's like hey guys
1: um I know it's so bad you can see through it and I think people now more than ever are seeing through it as well yeah
0: and there's just I mean there's so many ads going on on Instagram we just I mean I'm so switched off to it now Mm because I'm like I mean, I'm we're both in the industry, so yeah. we're kind of very savvy to that type of thing, but yeah. I think a lot more people are becoming more savvy because it's just so boring. Yeah,
1: it is. And it all just looks the same on your feed and
0: yeah, no. Nah. There's loads of better ways
1: you could use influencers to put your it.
0: And so in terms of choosing influencers, we've talked a little bit about, about buying followers. Mm. How do we know I mean, I know the answer to this, but I'm gonna ask you. Um, how do we know if they have an engaged following or not? How would we what would
1: we look at to to kind of determine that. You can have a look at the comments that they get. Um but also there's bots oh. out there that can do that for them as well. So it's looking at the time frame. We've got a tool in house that we use that can see curves on engagement. So it sees very quickly if there's been a spike at once and you can tell then if a bot's been set. Have you looked off. on Social Blade? Um we have used Social Blade before yeah but we've got our own proprietary in-house oh, tool Oh, yes a really little cool. plug called likewise um yeah and it it spots when the curve. so it looks at a curve of right organic engagement versus bought engagement and you can see this jumps in yeah. the graph when yeah. someone's buying engagement so we've got a, a blacklist and a white list of influences that we will and won't use based on
0: that feedback that's amazing mm. It i think great. that is so necessary i mean as a small business you don't want to send products out to people hoping in a post and then even if they do you get like one follower and you're like what yeah it's just a waste of money what's happened here or yeah. get no sales mm. not about the following is yeah. It? um yeah and in terms of comments i think a lot of people are, are oblivious to this when you get a comment underneath something so for example oh, let me have a look at my phone because i got one today said this is really great where did you get the inspiration for this fabulous photo it's not a photo
1: <laughs> it's the ones that's like nice feed And i like I'm just, your feed yeah
0: amazing amazing post yeah those are the types of
1: things you need to look out for because yeah. they're
0: clearly not, they're not legit mm-hmm. so in terms of selecting influencers where is the best place to start do you think if you're not really, if you don't know about influencer marketing or anything like that, what's a good place to kind of start when you're looking for the right people to work with your brand?
1: I would start by looking, if you've not got an agency and you can't afford an agency or a startup, I would look at the hashtags on Instagram it right for your brand and then see which sort of people pop up and then you can kind of delve into that go down that rabbit hole of following people on there um that would probably be my starting point for finding the right influences
0: that's a good piece of advice I'm going to try that Thanks. I always used to just I always tend to look in comments actually mm. under like So, for example, if you're looking at, like, mummy bloggers, if you go and look at the comments, there's so many... I mean, you get a lot of micro-influencers, but, you know, they can be useful too. Um, Just having a look through comments and seeing the type of usernames people have, I think that's that's quite a good way of doing it as well. Um, So is there any less obvious things That people can be doing on social media to increase brand awareness or sales in your opinion so maybe not the everyday kind
1: of uh tips you might find online Mm. um similar to what i've just said really looking at the hashtags and understanding what people are engaging with i think is a good tip and also understanding your audiences i think i'll keep saying it but for me you've got to start somewhere rather than just go out and try and do everything um but really go in in depth on um you, sort of a niche and not worrying about growing your following to be such a massive number if you've got a really small but engaged audience that is more beneficial to you than it is growing in your numbers and so this don't is follow the numbers I'd say well this
0: is going to lead on to what I want to talk about in a second which is that I'm very much of the opinion that having a hundred engaged followers versus a mm. thousand or I don't know a thousand engaged followers versus ten thousand bought or bot followers is you would go for a thousand every day because they're actually buying from you and while ten thousand is a lovely number to look at because you only look at 10k on instagram Mm. and it's it's more of a social kind of status but actually those aren't the important numbers the important numbers are the one ones in your bank account
1: and not enough people realize that mentality 100 percent. and also it actually even affects your organic reach So if you've got a load of bought followers and your engagement's really low as a percentage versus your followers, Instagram's gonna think that the post isn't good enough.
0: Oh my God, there's nothing more embarrassing. And I see it so often with various businesses, shall we say, and influencers as well. You can tell when they bought their following because they'll have like 100,000 followers and you look on their post and they've got 48 likes. Mm. And when I first discovered that, I was like, "Surely that can't be right." And I clicked through. I was like, "Oh my god, they bought that many followers! Mm.
1: I didn't even know you could do that." Yeah, either that or their content isn't engaging enough. There could be a bit of that as well. The content type that they're putting out there isn't right, isn't engaging an audience to make them feel anything and react. It's just mental, isn't it? It's mental. But yeah, you've got to think about if you buy, it has an impact on your organic reach.
0: And we've talked a little bit about that from an influencer's perspective. So from a business perspective, um, because I know a lot of businesses do kind of go towards the bot and the buying. What um, what kind of impact do you think that has for so people?
1: It's the same thing, really. So you, if you so you want to feature in the organic feed, and if the algorithm is thinking that your posts aren't good enough and not engaging, then they're not. You're not going to be seen. So your organic reach isn't going to be great. And then you have to pay more on paid to try and reach an audience. It's just, it's like self-fulfilling. So as a brand, it's not it's worth. It's counteractive. Completely, yeah. Uh, it's not, it's just not worth And buying. it's not cool. No, it's not cool. Don't do it, kids. <laughs> what do you think about Facebook advertising? Extremely
0: useful. Have you heard of this thing that's going around where you can check what your interests are?
1: Yes. So we
0: I did this this week
1: and I, it like, producer Dodds is here who does my podcast with me so Dodds is here and we did it on Dodds's one and the one that came up the things that came up on his were um, nail varnish and acrylic nails um, and what I can't remember what, I had really random lit things in my ad list but outside of I that, had raw veganism did you? not vegan although I do have some pretentious snacks in my bags that oh. I bought from Whole Foods um, yeah no really random list but Facebook advertising as a thing I think is incredibly powerful and I think it's one of the best ways of getting really niche targeting um, where else could you go and go like I'm going to target housewives in Cheshire who like yoga and eat and are vegan like you can be so targeted with who you want to talk to And put the right messaging out there to them. But also it helps fuel fuel your funnel. So you can take your organic content, see who's engaged with it, and then retarget them based on what they've seen. That is like
0: such a revolutionary tool. Especially if you're selling online.
1: Amazing. And the fact that you can also even go down to people that are more likely to purchase online as well. So you're increasing your opportunity because you know you're talking to the people who are more likely to buy something from an online shop because you put it into your Facebook ad list. It's just like, for me, it's brilliant. And would you say that I think
0: a lot of people ask me, and I'm by no means a Facebook advertising expert um, at all, but people tend to often boost a post and put a bit of money behind it, versus when you do that on your phone, versus when you actually access Business Manager and you really kind of drill down what your audience is. The results that people get when they boost a post, they're
1: like, why isn't it working? Mm -hmm. Why is that? It, it's, you're not spending the time looking at your audience and you're not really thinking about who you want to target. It, go, it all goes back to understanding who you want to speak to and why. And if you just boost a post, it's just not you've not really put the thought into who you're trying to reach, why you're trying to reach them, what action you're trying to get out of them, which part of the funnel are they in, which part of the journey. If you're just boosting it so more people can see it, you're just boosting the eyeballs, but you've got to really think about what that paid... Part is on your customer journey
0: yeah and i always think when you boost a post i think people think they're going to get more followers from it yeah but actually what is it really that you're trying to get from it you're trying to get more followers so that what you can get more sales yeah because then really that's not what you're trying to boost the post for you should be i don't know getting people's email addresses or sending them to your website or doing
1: something that will actually help improve your business not get more social media followers just think about the return on that investment i think is a key thing like yeah. if you're putting money into boosting a post what do you want to get out of the back end of it and followers is great if you've got a long-term plan of what you're going to do with those followers how you're going to engage them but yeah
0: yeah for sure so in terms of launching an online business can you give us three easy things that all startups can do like easily right now to help make sure that when they launch, they start making sales. So for a business that's not yet actually launched, they're kind of thinking maybe what's their online launch plan going to be? Those type of things.
1: I can, and fairly cheaply as well, actually. Oh, love it. um, Yeah, first thing for me would be really understand your brand values and know what you want to stand for and the personality you want to portray online. So um, when we were talking before about easy wins on social, I think for me... Having a brand personality and a presence and reacting to people, as well as just thinking it's a one way street, is the right way of going. So, if you know the type of person, Innocent Smoothies is a fantastic example of someone who knows their brand yes. identity and they live that throughout everything they do. So, really understand your values and your personality and understand your audience. you'll see I'm very obsessed with data because I've mentioned it a few times but (laughs) understanding who you want to talk to and why um, and then you can create content that's right for those two things so it'd be those three areas to look at understand who you want to be where you stand on social what your personality is understand what people are looking for that you want to speak to and then create the content that matches those two things
0: amazing all the knowledge bombs today (laughs) and are there any easy mistakes that you see people making time and time again on social media that's perhaps not helping them in any way with whatever their goal is, sales or business?
1: I think thinking that your um, people will care straight away. I think when you start out, you think that you're just going to get oh, thousands of followers and everyone's going to care about the brand as much as you do. But if people don't know about you, which is all that goes back to having a personality, and also like go into it don't just post have a two way conversation with people like I mentioned about the hashtags go into those hashtags and start replying to people who are interested in your area of whatever you're selling just start conversations with people to grow your brand's meaning to people would be a thing that i would recommend and then also but with instagram stories make sure you've put you're putting your content in the right places at the right time so with instagram stories we use it for some of the uh, publishing arm um, that we have so for the feed we use it to sort of push the brand and then for stories we use it as more of a conversational piece so using polls getting people's opinions talking to people whereas it's just knowing what to use each Bit of each platform for.
0: It's really interesting that you mention thinking people that that will, people will care straight away, mm. because I actually see that mistake time and time again with people who are kind of just starting out, and the types of things that you know the messaging matches that they kind of say things and I'm looking at it I'm like right so what how does that benefit me. Mm. How's that benefit your audience? So, for example, typical example here, because I follow a lot of um, smaller businesses. Someone will have a rebrand, or someone will launch a new website. and Go, we've launched a new website. Go and take a look. It's like, but why? Why should I go and take a look? What do I? What's get on out there? Of it? Yeah. What do I get out of it? What's mm. going to be on there? Going to give me something for free, or like, I don't know. What am I going to find there? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so thinking, I think thinking in terms of messaging. Why should people care? Yeah. 100%. Not like. You know, everyone would expect people to care to some extent. I don't know, family, friends, please follow me. Um, but then, you know, expecting people to care and then thinking, actually,
1: how can I make people care? I'm going to say something really controversial now. Say well. it. But also, sometimes social isn't right. No. If, if it doesn't... Yeah. If it's a brand or a product or a service that there's no point in putting it on social, but you feel like you just should be on there and then you just end up with a page with nine stock photos and 16 followers i think that does more damage to a brand oh i agree then it would just not be on there in the first place
0: and that's interesting that you mentioned that actually because i do think people think they need to be on social media so for example i don't know something really menial like not menial because actually people need this but a painter Mm like you on Instagram okay I should get on Instagram and then you're posting pictures of walls that you painted for example you're not gonna find customers on Instagram well you might do but like
1: yeah it's knowing the purpose and how it relates to your brand's purpose sometimes it's just not right and also I guess the other part of that is not joining every
0: single social media that you can get your hands on because not every single platform is going to have the right audience to you and you talking a lot about yeah. audience. So obviously yeah. Snapchat, we're talking about younger generation. In- someone actually told me Instagram was not cool. She was like 13 years old and was like, it's not cool. I was like, I, know, I, I know. She's on TikTok, I'm sure. Probably. <laughs> I, only have, I only found out about TikTok the other day. It's amazing. Um... <laughs> Yeah. And then Facebook, like my parents are on Facebook. I mean, I'm on Facebook. I don't use it, but yeah, there's lots of different people that you can find in different places. And I think oh, it's worth yeah. having a think about that. Yeah. What do you think about kind of scheduling apps or like planning apps? Do you think they're I mean, I think they're particularly useful for people that are a little bit scared of social media to kind of plan their feed and stuff. Do you think it can be useful
1: yeah, 100% I think they can be useful. I think especially when you're trying to do, as a startup as well when you're trying to do everything. Yeah. You can't focus your time just on social and I think that's one thing that people forget like you try and do everything as a startup, don't you? You're wearing all your different hats. All the hats all the time and spinning plates at a million miles an hour as well and having something where you can dedicate your time to focus on what content you want to put out that day or that week. That's where scheduling apps are super important. Um, but it's making sure, again, that your content that you're putting out is right, I think, on on the actual type of content. I think we've... I've talked quite a lot about how memes are poo-pooed in a lot of the industry but actually the power of a meme with it being the language that's used on social and it's what people are used to seeing on there can be extremely powerful and the benefit you can get from just having a few memes in your feed or a meme campaign or something like that because you're more likely to get engagement from it and people people relate to a meme they like to share it i actually reposted a meme this
0: morning it was like a grumpy looking pingu saying me in the morning it was like me (laughs) it's a cereal bowl like (laughs) frowning
1: but i think people think that it's like not good enough for a brand but I don't I don't agree with that meme advertising for me is one of the more powerful pieces of content on social.
0: And if you're going to post something like a meme, would you say that's like a branding thing like would you just continue to do it or would you do it and then, I don't know, do it in a campaign and then be like okay we're done with that, let's move on
1: depends on your brand values and it depends what you're pushing I guess, so if you um, if you're relating it to something like a love island, I don't know, something that's topical at the time um, then it could just be seasonal. But if your brand personality is that little bit more jokey and a little bit more like a friend, and you want to have that conversation yeah. with people, then there's definitely a place. Obviously, not like a it. luxury brand. Yeah, <laughs> memes of Donald Trump. <laughs> so, if there's
0: one app you can't run your business without, and mm-hmm. you cannot pick social media,
1: what would it be? Oh, okay. Does WhatsApp count? Yes. As My answer or a social media platform. That
0: cannot count as your answer. No. Has to be like something useful because, like, we all have WhatsApp, you know? I know, I know, know, but we use it for. uh, Oh my God, I'm so into using WhatsApp for business. We use it all the time. It's so much more convenient than email because you don't. uh, Sometimes when you get an email, sorry, I'm looking at you now. (laughs) Stop sending
1: me (laughs) I was like, why is he not WhatsApping me? We are, that's how we operate it's how we
0: communicate because like you don't with emails I want to be like hi so and so blah 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 best wishes Lucy yeah For like oh, when I reply to emails with a one liner it feels so rude and I'm like oh I wish we were
1: just on WhatsApp yeah. so I do that to most people yeah. we I, have client groups especially with social as well when you've got to react to something very quickly we want to make sure that our clients are reacting to trends as they happen because there's nothing worse than reacting to a trend a couple of days late um, yeah. so we have WhatsApp groups where they get like a 24 hour period to answer and if they don't we just post it anyway because they've got the agreement with us that we can um, but having that quick fire communication I know it's exciting really that are fills me with the thread? I'm like not? I always say to people I'm not posting anything unless you say okay <laughs> we agree first so we say are you alright with us if we message you've got the trust in us if we think that this is going to be beneficial to you if we don't hear back from you we're posting it yeah if we don't hear no yeah yeah, that's fine. That's yeah. good. Yeah, right. So you let them know. So okay, the doesn't okay, <laughs> <WhatsApp> doesn't <laughs> what doesn't count? Okay, we digress. What doesn't count? Asana. I love Asana. Yes, into love that. It. We like. I plan my life around it, and we use it so often. Things like that. Things like Slack. Um, we use it so often to try and plan because we've got multiple campaigns that happen yeah. all the time in different places, and um, we need to make sure we've got everything. And also, go it's good to right have something time. that
0: everyone can see. Yeah
1: especially when you're working in teams 100 percent. we've grown massively um in the last five years and for us to have visibility each team to have visibility in what everyone else is doing so when things might get a little bit delayed no one gets really angry because everyone can see that they're doing this part of this other client's piece of work that helps us um and, and also actually
0: i guess it's a communication thing isn't it because yeah. on asana it's a task management system sorry we're just speaking about it um and you can kind of reply to stuff or be like, I'm working on this now, so you, yeah. know, you don't worry about this, I'll work on that.
1: Yeah, it's so, so handy and it, it just means that we're all on the same page. Um, the other thing that we use though, but this is kind of social media, is Workplace, Facebook Workplace. Oh, okay. Which is just so useful for us as a company. So it looks like your Facebook feed, but it's that's just everyone that's in the company is on Workplace. We have different groups. We have chat, so everyone in the. Co- so we have announcements that all go out through the workplace chat. It's just brilliant. So it's kind of like a notice board? A bit like a notice board. That's cool. Yeah. And instead of us having one massive WhatsApp group with everyone in it, we've now got that Facebook everyone chat. puts on mute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially when you go on holiday. <laughs> um, so, no, we took that on board and we use facebook workplace that's cool it's definitely worth looking into for companies
0: yeah i will do because it keeps popping up like would you be interested i'm like oh god it's just another thing,
1: another thing yeah. To look at. but yeah that sounds good mm.
0: that was a great share <laughs> i feel like lots of people use that okay so can you share an inspiring quote that you live by to finish off the episode uh motivational or inspiring business related or life related
1: anything you want so a bit of context behind mine, I am a massive worrier and I struggle with imposter syndrome. Being a female, oh, young female yeah. MD in this world, um, often feel like, why am I here? Am I going to get found out? Because you're amazing. Oh, thanks. thanks. <laughs> you're good at your job. <laughs> yeah, but you forget and you, you get a little bit scared and a bit worried. So my thing that I try and take in my head every day is don't worry about things you can't control very short but sweet but it's super useful because otherwise you start to spiral into worry and thinking about these all these other things and it's just not worth it so only worry about things that you can control and change that's so nice. And what a lovely note to end on. It was brilliant. Thank you so much. And where can we find Social Chain? Social Chain, we are um, we're in Manchester, London. We're in New York. Where uh, are you online? Ah, uh, Yeah. <laughs>
0: We've got loads of offices. I was like, I don't mean physically. I mean like
1: online. <laughs> yeah, can we're we just see gonna, us in Manchester? Yeah. <laughs> um, www.socialchain.com Or you can follow our feeds, which is just at Social Chain. On, on everything on everything we're everywhere oh respect for that yeah, isn't that the most everywhere. annoying
0: thing where people have different things that's my pet hate yeah different handles oh, sign up to our
1: whatsapp group as well because we've got a daily whatsapp group that gives social media updates and news
0: oh cool well, I will do that mm-hmm. and you've a uh, fantastic linkedin feed I heard so it's going okay yeah I'm signing
1: up to that. Thank you very much.
0: Amazing. Well, thank you for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. And I would love you to leave a review. Every one of them makes my day. And I'm not just saying that because everyone says that. Genuinely it does. It keeps me going. So um and if you want to follow me, it's at Lucy Hitchcock underscore and at Sassy Digital. We're always giving away little tips and bits of information that you'll find useful day to day in your business thank you so much katie thank you very much for having me